What's going on, Commonwealth? And welcome back to another great episode of Bluegrass Soccer Cast. You're at home for all things soccer right here in the beautiful Commonwealth of Kentucky. I'm Jimmy. That's John. And we have another fantastic episode for you today. Uh, John, we uh, we normally have a very short pre, uh, pre-show pre conversation. Uh, I'm wheeling in here on two wheels per use. How are you doing today? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um... Let's go on and do our icebreaker question of the day. What is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? There's too many out there and there's too many like times I see like social media share like the same stuff. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure off like right off the top of my head what it is. Really? Um, you know, I think for me, the best piece of advice I ever got was to just be yourself. Like, I think that is the, that's also very generic. Um, but like probably the best audio or best, um, advice that I have been given. Um, So, John, with that, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're kind of mixing things up today. So no definitive off the top, bottom line. We're just going to kind of mush it all together um, and talk about um, what's been going on. We're going to have to redo the the college um, recap. We're going to have to uh, do that for another day. I didn't have a chance this weekend to get that complete, um, at least on my end. So we'll do that probably on Wednesday, just giving brief updates and, you know, Golden Glove and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Big Three had a lot of matchups this weekend, John. Um, which one do you want to start with? You want to start at Lexington or Louisville? I think racing we should start with. I agree. Um, so, John, with that, um, racing Louisville this weekend had a heart, well, not heartbreaking, heartbreaking if you're uh, an Orlando City fan, um, had a gut wrenching. Um, match where they won they came back from down two goals to zero to beat uh orlando three to two massive dramatic fashion uh lots of fireworks uh at lynn family after the game um and this match means that racing is still alive in the playoffs and we'll go over playoff scenarios here in just a second um, but goals by Nadia Nadim and former BGSC guest Kristen Davis um, brought Racing Louisville level um, or against Orlando before completing uh, their comeback. I think that was Carson Pickett that had the, the game winner. Uh, it snapped a five-game winless streak, and it moved Louisville within two points of their playoff uh, dreams. John, what did you see from this match, and do you think now – that racing is going to make it. I saw a lot of craziness from this match and just insaneness. There was a supposedly controversial penalty given to Orlando. I don't necessarily agree with that, um, but they did what they had to do. They had to win. They and they almost looked like they weren't going to, and they were just going to let their playoff hopes go away. But they did exactly what they needed to. They got the win at home. They came back from it. They have that fight in them. And now, not only do they set two points out, a win could technically speaking, if everything else goes their way, a win could put them into third. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. Well, yeah, if every other team... I thought it was fourth. Did I miscount on that? It is third okay. if every other team loses and like the top four, like three through six lose. Gotcha. Um, no, it would be they can get as high as fourth if three through six lose based on goal difference. Yeah. So if, if we're going to look at our playoff scenarios, right? Um, Let's see. I got those broken down here. Okay, so first and foremost, the only result that Racing Louisville can get themselves is a victory at San Diego. A tie or a loss, they're out. Um, Strike three, you're out. Um, However, Racing Louisville needs three of the following things to happen. 
uh, ACFC, so Angel City FC. They need them to lose or tie with Portland. They need Orlando to lose or tie with Houston. They need the OL Reign to lose or tie with Chicago. They need New Jersey slash New York to lose, only lose, to Kansas City. They need Washington to lose to North Carolina. And then they need North Carolina, or they need North Carolina to lose at Washington and make up a goal differential, which is currently three goals difference. So several things that could happen, right? Uh, but if three of those things happen, Racing Louisville will jump in uh, to six. And if Haywire happens, as John mentioned, they could jump all the way up to fourth. Um, you know, if you're looking at wins and kind of things that seem more probable, you know, I think Kansas City beating New York, New Jersey, that seems quite possible. Um, you could easily see Portland beating um, Angel City. Um, and, you know, Orlando took a, a tough loss in Louisville. How do they re, uh, regroup with that match against Houston? A lot of things here. John, when you're looking at the scenarios, any of them kind of jump out to you as matches that you're particularly interested in or rooting for? I think the Angel City one raises questions because Portland is pretty much locked in. So my question with that, they're locked in, but they're not necessarily locked into first. So I'm curious to how, if they're going to care about the Angel City game. Mm-hmm. Or not like that, that. They could just get a win. Um, for racing, they desperate. They have to go out and win. KC is another example yep. of a team that's kind of already safe. So it's gonna. I'm gonna question if they're gonna go all in. Right. What sucks is that the the well, it doesn't suck. It's what they should do. What sucks for racing fans is the NWSL is doing what like World Cup does for the final match day. Every team is kicking off at five o'clock on Sunday. Yep, it'll be frantic. It'll be entertaining, but it'll also be stressful. I mean, that's what you should do. That literally tells everyone do exactly what you have to do in the game. Don't like, oh well, if we get a tie, we're okay. Maybe. <laughs> well, no, but that's well, that's not for not for racing if, Louisville. But if matches happen prior, yeah, some teams could be like, "Well, we don't have to win. It's okay if it's okay. We even if we lose, we're okay. Or even if it's in the lines of like, oh, we just need a draw. Yeah, like it's tied. Let's park the bus. Let's instead of trying to win, let's try to prevent a goal. Yeah. Now. I do also want to point this out, right? Like there is a, an opposite side of this, right? So if Racing Louisville loses, Houston and Kansas City pass them on, pass them with victories. And if Chicago theoretically passes them uh, with 20 plus goals, uh, you know, there's some opportunities for Chicago to get that milestone. That would result in Racing finishing 12th. But they would get the third overall pick uh, behind the two expansion sides that are coming next year. Um, so there's kind of some upside if things go absolutely haywire, right? If things go haywire and you're down like two, yeah, just let, let just get, put in the young people, kind of like, like, all right, let's get the feeler and like just give it up. Right. It's going to be interesting because you're at the point in the season where some teams are playing not to lose. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between playing to win and playing to not lose. So it gets really weird. And that's that's why I'm curious of how racing is going to come out. Are they going to play to win or are they going to play to not lose and hopefully get, be on top at the end? I think they will play the best that they can, right? Like this team has been a little up and down, right? Like we've talked about it all season. Uh, they've had matches that they probably shouldn't have won that they did. 
and they've had matches that they should have lost, uh, that they should have won, that they wound up losing. Right. So to me, I agree with you, John. Like, I think it's a 50, 50 shot. <laughs> like which racing rule is going to come out? The same team that's fired up that came back against Orlando, the same team that beat Portland at, uh, at home, the same team that went on the road in Seattle and beat the rain. Or is it going to be the team that showed up against North Carolina in the the Challenge Cup final at noon on a Sunday? Well, it's it's going to be real interesting because also San Diego is one of the best teams at home. They are racing. Racing is one of the worst teams at home. They're the only team to only have one win on the road. Yep. Every other team has at least two. Now, racing does have five draws on the road, but they need a win. Definitely need a win. And here's the bad thing uh, for racing in this matchup with San Diego. San Diego still has stuff to play for, right? So if if Angel City beats San Diego has to win to be top of the table. Yeah, yeah, because they're one point back from Portland. They need Portland to either draw or win. Or lose, draw or lose, because they can't get them on goal difference. We're really going to hope for a draw in that one, because that would give both teams what they want. Well, no, it wouldn't. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> no, we're fine with a draw in that one. Yeah, we are. But as I was long thinking as racing still wins, the first, but it won't. No, but as long as racing wins, we need a draw in that one. Now, Sandy is locked into. No worse than second, right? They're four points clear of North Carolina, so that's nothing to, to stress about. But man, it's it, it's a crazy time. The NWSL has never been healthier, and you know, with the teams coming in next year, and you know, other discussions that we've seen and stuff like that. Like, I think it's a great never time to be a fan. Only for a rivalry to pop in and steal. Your bench players. <laughs> what? What's that about? I think that's what it's gonna be. You might get a fringe mm. starter here. Yeah. But tell me why. If I, if they, if the Super League gets D one sanctioning, mm-hmm. and I'm the striker behind Sophia Smith, or I'm racing's backup keeper behind Katie Lund, why would I continue to be on the bench against a True. star? Yeah. Where I can go be the starter and still be like I I don't know who the backup keeper is right now because the actual backup keeper got hurt and was out with is out with ACL for racing. And they had somebody, I can't remember who it was been months ago. They put him on loan out in uh, Australia. At least yeah. one or maybe two keepers that they sent to Australia. Yeah, but if I'm the backup keeper and I really like Kentucky but I want to start. Right. I'll just go an hour down the road go to Lex, and play yeah. for Lex instead of play for Lex or even Indy. Indy's coming in. Mm-hmm. That's type of thing. Right so that's what racing I think needs to worry about is they're having two teams close by. So they can't even pull the argument of like, well, we're the only outfit in town. Now you're right. going to have three professional women's teams within an hour ish of each other. Well, and I'm waiting on Nashville to make an announcement, right? Like, where are they going to go? You know, are we going to get a professional team in Nashville? Nashville, Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a great one. I don't, I don't see MLS cities going Super League route. No, it, it would seem contradictory, right? Because I think the MLS and WSL are partnering together. Hmm. In some ways, we've seen some stadium partnerships, so we've seen some minor partnerships. So, but is that see... more on ownerships that are making those partnerships, or is the league facilitating those? I think the league is doing a little bit because mm-hmm. here's the thing, and this is also like with the WNBA and stuff. Women, if it's a separate full league, the, the there's nothing bad about partnering with a team. Yeah, agreed. Because it just grows the sport. And mm-hmm. grow both of your popularities. Yeah, it, it's something that is mutually beneficial, right? Like you can advertise here, they can advertise there. Bada bing, bada boom, hopefully both grow, right? 
-hmm. you know, when you're looking at, um, what was I just going to say? Portland, for example, I don't think they have the same ownership group. I could be wrong. I think I had read that they had different ownership. Um, let me, let me pick a better example. One I know exactly like the, uh, Angel City and LAFC, right? Different ownership groups, but they play in the same stadium, at least sometimes. Um, like that is a good example of an MLS team that partners with an NWSL team. You know, I could see more of partnership between those two organizations than the USL and the, the Super League because that's the, the same group. Yeah, the Thorns and Timbers are on that same group. Yeah, I started to say that, and I was like, mm, "No, I think I'm, I think I'm wrong on that one." But you know, LAFC, you know, Natalie Portman is one of their owners. Like, you know, so many other famous people. Um, so, like, it's just one of those scenarios where, like, they play in the same stadium, but totally different ownership groups, just partners in in crime, if you will. But, John, any kind of final thoughts here on racing Louisville? Need to win. Do exactly. Yep. Kind of do exactly what you did on Friday. Maybe not let in two goals. <laughs> not to start, no. Yeah. Need to win. <laughs> and send a lot of prayers to some other teams. <laughs> prayers up. Um, yeah. Same thoughts here. Uh, Might not have bring the same Harding some teams. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're going to be taking people's knees out. Um uh, <laughs> Please don't do that. We do not endorse violence on on teams. Um, I'm not but, saying um, take their knee out, but maybe cause their bus to be delayed so they have to forfeit the game. Mm. Have magically replace all their cleats with like gel, fake fake metal that snaps the second it gets pressed against. I don't think that would necessarily hurt them. Like baseball cleats, almost like because you know how thin those can be. Turf cleats. Mm. Turf no. cleats that they play on grass or like <laughs> or like or like the Astro Turf cleats. So not even like Oof. real. Those are cleats. tennis shoes. Did you ever play on, exactly. on Astro Turf? I've never played on Astro Turf, but I've played oh, on glorified awful. carpet. I played on Astro Turf for one game in high school football my freshman year. It was awful. Like it was so are we bad. talking like the real like the the like cartoonish looking grass? Yeah, like that turf. green, like you know that sprayed fake green. Yes, uh, Murray State University used to have uh, that kind of field up until, gosh, John, uh, two thousand six or seven ish. Like they had it for a long time, and I played there fall '04. Um, I was a freshman, and my high school played uh, Murray High School, who played at the football stadium, the university football stadium. And that was an interesting night. Uh, we got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> and I remember trying to go out and play on, you know, play football, American football in tennis shoes. And it was like trying to ice skate with no skates on. It was so strange. Uh, so recapping for me, you know, I think racing, you got to bring the same intensity. We'll do the full breakdown on Wednesday and I'll get more into it, but got to bring the same intensity and you just got to kind of hope that so you get a couple of breaks. You got to get three, any of those three and you're in. Um, and like John pointed out, if they do amazingly well, they can get up to fourth. So, well, they can get up to fourth if they do well. Well, if all things stand, they win by one goal, then they do well. However, they also need everybody else to suck in front of them. That's right, everyone else. We need you to suck absolutely awful. Be the worst performance you've ever had. Bench all your starters. You know what? Even bench your backup players. Play your A-team from your academy, uh, and let's just see what happens, right? Versus our (laughs) World Cup stars. Something tells me even sometimes some of those A teams might uh might get racing on on bad days, but you know, is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, John, let's move over to Lexington. 
um, the final home game for Lexington. Uh, not the result that you would have wanted, right, John? Uh, 1-0 uh, loss to North Carolina, but really hard fought. However, there was a lot of controversy in that match. John, talk to us about it. Um, so the refing was awful. Um, as someone who's like understands that it's the third division type refereeing, I'm not expecting like Premier League level type stuff, World Cup level type stuff. I understand that this guy <coughs> is probably one of the refs that gets traveled all around. They don't get paid that well. Whatever, understandable. However, I expect some basic stuff. This guy had no control of this game. At all. And it was bad. It got so bad that that's why there were so many like scuffles and fights. Because the players were sick of certain stuff happening and nothing getting called. And it was really bad in the sense that it favored North Carolina. Just to kind of put those into context there, there were a total of nine yellow cards shown in the match. Three total red cards. Uh, those red cards uh, coming to two, Pierre. Two, two actual red cards. One was a double yeah. yellow. It was. That was the, the main, right? Pierre Main? Mane. Mane, sorry. Uh, Mane got the accumulation of yellows, got the red. But then talk to me, talk to us about what happened in that 92nd minute between uh, Tariq and Devin Benton from North Carolina. I honestly couldn't tell you. They kind of went together. Tariq went to challenge sort of thing. Something happened. And some someone something provoked Tariq, and so he kind of lashed out. Mm. But it because and I know this because the North Carolina player got shown the red first. Mm, okay, which basically means for those that don't know, who get the card order typically is the foul order. So you fouled him, then you retaliated, kind of a thing, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's kind of what led to Tariq's thing, I'm pretty sure. It was really hard to see because there was a scuffle, and mm-hmm. I can't really see inside of that. Um dust up, if you will. Yeah, but a, a lot of the Lexington players were really frustrated. A lot of the North Carolina players were kind of frustrated with the ref. I was hearing a lot of stuff going back and forth. But to say that, it does not take away outside of a – questionable pass um, that Lexington played really well in this matchup against a top dog. And, you know, Causey did really well. Like, he was just, that was kind of, the goal was not really on him. That was a bad pass in general. That kind of set that up. Um, You know, but it it happens. Um there, it sucks that it was the final home game, but they really gave it. They're all on their feet on the field. They have multiple opportunities to score. They just couldn't crack in. Yeah, and you know, looking at just looking at it from a statistical standpoint, which is typically how I look at a lot of this stuff, right? North Carolina was by far the better team on the field, right? They had a 19 to 9 shot advantage and a 6 to 1 shot on goal uh, advantage, right? So, North Carolina, they had slightly more possession, 51 49. Arguably, that's just a coin flip. Um, both teams were very accurate with possession and keeping it when they were making their passes. Both were 80 plus percent. Um, but when you get to the cards, that's where things start to, to turn against Lexington. 17 fouls, four Lex, five yellows, and then the two reds that we talked about. Um, so North Carolina dominated the offensive end, way more shots, way more um, corners, five to two in that uh, arena as well. So on paper, it seemed like a, a dominant North Carolina win, John, but I agree with you. Uh, upon watching the highlights from the match, like it seemed a lot more competitive than nineteen to nine shot advantage. Um, like I said, they weren't really able to get stuff going. 
are cracking. They had a lot of challenges, but they would just get dispossessed in the box sort of thing. Or they would go for a pass and it would get picked off. So it was just like they couldn't like crack that final third. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot to still play for for North Carolina. They're two points back of Omaha for uh, first place in the Shield in League One. Um, moving the focus to Lexington's next opponent, just very briefly, uh, they play the Greenville Dump, I mean Triumph, um, who are very much in the playoff uh, conversation still, one they're point locked. back out of fourth. They so they clinched. still could, yeah, they clinched, but like, you know, they could still move up to fourth. Um, one point back of Charlotte. Um, so they have a lot to go for as well. So we'll break down that matchup um, on Wednesday. But, John, final thoughts from this one. And, oh, uh, before you give your final thoughts on the match, what, what has been the biggest highlights from you this year at home at all the Lexington games? I mean, the two most notable wins are the Charlotte one. Mm-hmm. With Knight's penalty save and the like 3 0 beatdown of Omaha, which was the last time they lost. Which is insane. Because that was what, July? Uh, or end of July, early August. Like if it was, it was like August 3rd, if it was anything. Wait, mm-hmm. hold up. Let me check my database. Uh, that was back on August 2nd. No, that was the victory for Union Omaha. Sorry. July 22nd. Yeah. 3 0 to Lex. Yes. July 22nd. Um, that win, uh, the comeback tie against North Northern Colorado, uh, the midweek win over the Red Wolves. Like, there was, there was a lot. And it's, just sucks that they were in such a historic season in terms of the league. Like, for those that don't know, Omaha hasn't lost a game since July's 22nd. They're on, like, a 12 or 13 match unbeaten run. That's just now, unheard of. And when I say unbeaten run, I mean the fact of they had – let me double-check this. They have, like, one draw in, since – that lost to Lex, and they uh, they went on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They went on a ten match winning streak, and yeah, so they are on a thirteen match unbeaten run, and they've won twelve Jeez. of those thirteen matches. Jesus, their only tie being to North Carolina. Um, and then you have North Carolina, who is have a great season. You have Northern Colorado's having a great season. Put it this way: the top three of the league, like Northern Colorado, is eleven points ahead of Charlotte, who's in fourth. That's just so close. Like the gap. Put it this way: the gap between Madison and. Lexington, so Madison's the last place playoff team right now, and Lexington's currently in 10th, which I don't get why. I think they should be in ninth based on goal difference because we're tied with Chattanooga. But we're in 10th with 12, point, 12 points. So one point difference between six, or in terms of the gap between 6th and 10th, compared to the gap between 3rd and 4th. Like, we were just in this historic season, and there's even a historic season on the uh, on the side of kickers and fuego. <laughs> uh, how are bad both, they are. Yes. Uh, for those that don't know. At least points-wise. Well, no, they're both on, like, the double-digit unbe- uh, winless runs. <laughs> so, uh, Richmond hasn't won since July 1st. Uh, fuego... Hasn't won, I think, since their game, their win over Lex. Like, one. They've had a lot Ouch. of draws and stuff in there. Um, you know? So, it's just this really weird season. You have Tormenta, who are po- po- possibly going to be the first team to ever lose or not make the playoffs after being reigning champs. 
uh, in the league. You have kickers who are already the first regular season champs. Now, granted, this league is only four, is only formed since 2019, so they've really only had three year legit years if you take out COVID. So, <clears throat> so take that with what you will. League's not very old, so being the first to do certain things is not that much uh, weight. But, you know, Tormenta has to beat Charlotte, and Madison has to beat there. Madison has to at least draw with Omaha, where Tormenta has to beat Charlotte in, for the stuff to go their way. So I would pay attention to those games outside of the Lexington game. Could but, you imagine a scenario? Where, um, who did you say Omaha was playing? Madison Omaha was playing Madison. Ma- they Madison needs at least a draw in that. Could you to... imagine a scenario where they draw, but North Carolina beats whoever they play by like four goals, and the goal differential gives it to North Carolina? Yeah, I was like. They don't even need to beat them by four goals. They wow. only need to beat them by two. That's insane. Like, they've gone on this heck of a run, right? But then they just the peter out and not get first place. <sighs> yeah, put the, like, but take this. If you even half Omaha's winning streak, so you take off like six wins for them, mm-hmm. and put them between draw and loss you're dropping Omaha all the way down into like um Greenville area like fifth right fifth sixth yeah. fourth fifth that's I mean, how right? that's just how big the gap is right now there's the one through three there's the four through six and then there's everyone else and then there's Richmond and Fuego so it's just we're in we were in this really weird season to begin with um, and it's just gonna be interesting. There's an uh, exciting announcement coming out tomorrow. Indeed, I was gonna pick your brain on that. So, uh, if you look at the picture and you zoom in, you can see the stadium there. Do you have any initial inklings uh, as to what we're looking at here? Any initial what, thoughts? What are you talking about? If you what go back to conspiracy theorist mindset that you got going on here, uh, you can see a three D rendering. Yeah, you can see the rendering That's behind been the three D rendering we've seen before. Is that the same one? Because it looks a little so. different to me. I can't tell with that. We'll see. I'm gonna be there, so we'll see. Oh, okay. A little live reporting, eh? Maybe. No. Okay. Good enough. Uh, wrapping things up here on I will, the USL. I can we ask can... questions and I'll take notes and I can send you updates during Love it. it. But Love I'm it. not live setting up my iPhone. It, like sitting on a little chair and holding my iPhone above the crowd just to show it. Oh, come on. Do it for the content, John. Um, just to wrap up here on uh, League One. Uh, everyone has clinched one through five. Uh, the only spot available is that sixth spot uh, between Madison and, and Tormenta. And that's what uh, I'm saying, Lex fans. If you want to watch other league games, which you should, in my yes. opinion. And this goes to any fans, Blue City fans, Racing fans. Watch your whole league. Yep. I am tired of dealing with fans who come in and it's like, well, if you look at the record and all this type stuff, this should be an easy dub or all this type stuff. It's like, you're not watching them play. Um, well, <clears throat> just looking at the, the run of play of the last five, <laughs> um, Georgia, South Georgia, time. South Georgia South was on a three-game winning streak before losing this past weekend, uh, two to one to Northern Colorado. So, you know, they they're on a yeah. Fuego. Or Madison lost two to one. Tormenta got embarrassed four oh to Union Omaha. Uh, according to the USL website, it says 
Oh god, this hasn't been updated in forever. Never mind. It, I'm literally looking at results from September. <laughs> Northern Colorado beat Madison 2-0. Torment, so Tormenta got their wish. Tormenta lost 4-0 to Yuyama. USL League One, do better at updating your run of form. Thank you. That's why mob. I like to use official sources. Thank you. You're talking uh, about the official source that listed Tariq Muhammad as the player to watch for a game <laughs> when he was out on yellow card suspension. <laughs> or no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. He wasn't yeah. out on yellow card suspension. They, this was a that week where he had two away matches again, um, where he had missed the Wednesday match because of yellow card suspension and had said he picked up an assist in that game. Do better, USL League One. Do better. Anyways, John, let's jump back across the state a little bit and talk about Loose City, who surprised everyone. They had a disappointing draw. Um, 1-1 was the final in that one. Um, Just kind of pulling up my notes here. Blame the kids. Okay, so hold on. So I I do not understand. I love the kids. I think they're nice. They're really nice. I like the change of the color logo and all that type of stuff. Why are you releasing it two matches before the end of the year? Thank you. Like, and they that said is it, my question. They said it's going to be like our. This, we're going to wear these at home for the rest of the season. You Bro, have one more guaranteed home game right now. But I've ever seen a money grab ever. Where am I? If you if you don't secure home playoff spot against Tampa, they're not going to. They could. They're not going um, to. You should be wearing those for the entirety of the playoff run because you're yes. allowed. As long as your uh, uniforms don't clash, you can wear whatever you want. And I don't know anywhere. what Memphis wears or anybody else, but like if Memphis is in like blue or something like that, that wear the black and purple. Like I think it looks great, but I fully wholeheartedly agree with you, John. It seems peculiar, right, to be releasing brand new kits this late in the season. Um, other than just a, a last ditch effort to to squeeze a little bit more out of their their fans, um, I mean, yes, it, we are approaching holiday season, right? So maybe that's why they waited so long. But to me, if you're going to do that, wait another couple of weeks till after the season's over, and you know, release some of their kits for next year in like late October, early November, and sell them in. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I was highly frustrated by the announcement. They look beautiful. I love the kit. Like, it's really, really nice. They've had some better in the past. Like, that black and, uh, and gold kit that they have is beautiful. I love That is my favorite kit they've ever I'm had. I'm curious if they're going to keep this kit around for next year. Now, if you do that, I'm okay with it. If this is your third kit next year, or even you know this is the home kit next year, or something like that, that I'm fine with. Um, but as far as like just dropping the third kit with two home matches to go, get out of here. Um, some takeaways and kind of re- recapping the match: one-one uh, draw with Hartford Athletic, which is absolutely unacceptable for Lou City at this point. Um, uh, Hartford got a super late equalizer to deny them in a must-win scenario to secure playoff seating. Uh, Loose City created a lot of chances but lacked uh, relentlessness um, in front of the goal to finish and to, f- to take and build upon their league lead, especially after the equalizer by Hartford. Uh, and I think when you look back on this one, uh, this will be viewed as a massive missed opportunity. Uh, top scorer Harris... Um, was kept quiet throughout the match. He might have not well not even played. Uh, the draw deals a massive blow to their playoff hopes, now falling two points back from fourth place Memphis as opposed to just being one back where they were previously. Um, without winning, Lucity is no longer going to be able to get to the fourth 
spot by themselves. They now need Memphis to lose in order to get up there. Um, because if Memphis draws um, or wins, of course, if they win, they're going to get the four. But if they draw, they would be even on points. And now we have to go to a tiebreaker. And ugh. Um, There's no tiebreaker. The goal difference. Memphis yeah, has goal difference. a uh, nine positive. Yeah, nine, nine to negative two. Loot. Yep. Like, it, it's just not going to happen. You're not. No. It, uh, You're not scoring 11 goals. No, no. <laughs> However, there there was some positives in it, um, you know, some some good performances. But the bottom line, Lou City missed their chance of of hosting next weekend. And and I said it on Twitter, and I absolutely mean it. Lou City fans, going to book your reservations at the Peabody in Memphis. Um, great place to stay. Uh, you can watch the Ducks. You know they do the daily duck walk um, every day, so you can get to see that while you're down there. Um, there was other. Uh, let me go back to the Twitter thread because we had some good conversations about that um, over the weekend with the with some other Lou City fans, just talking about how rough it was and what playoff um, opponent we would like to see. You're getting Memphis. Like, that's what's happening. You're going to get oh, Memphis. The, there was a mention. In, no, no. Indy, I mean, if you don't win, Indy can jump you. If the Indy wins and then you yeah. get the battery. Um, yeah. Which, you know, they, they have played not terrible against the battery this year, right? But. They've played better against Memphis, but um, it's really that. That's really on case scenario. If Indy wins, Lou Lou loses. They played Charlotte or Charleston yeah. because Memphis is not going to catch them. So it's basically Memphis or the Battery. Yeah. And uh, uh, by the way, shout out to there's a guy who plays for Charleston. He's got his own YouTube channel. I can't remember his name, but I saw him in a HelloFresh commercial or Factor or one of those meal kit, you know, things. And I was like, hey, I recognize that guy. Uh, go check him out. I don't remember his name, but you'll figure it out. Um, I personally would much rather finish in fifth, go to Memphis. And then go to Pittsburgh, assumedly winning in Memphis. But after that performance on Saturday, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that would be the preferred route as opposed to on the road to Charleston, then potentially on the road to Tampa, which no thank you. We've already seen what happens there, but hey. You know, we'd be playing Tampa twice in three weeks at that point if that was to you happen. You need to, they need to get through this weekend first. Yes. And then they need to get through that weekend next. I'm just playing through all the scenarios, right? Like, I want to see how, what's the best matchups and you know, who's Lou has been the best performances again against uh, other teams. But you're exactly right. Like, Got to focus. Got to play Tampa this weekend. Need a victory. Tampa is playing for nothing. They're done. They're solidly locked into second. Nothing they can do to get up to first because Pittsburgh could beat them. Lose favor. Yes, it should be. But you know, I think I said this on Twitter. Even like looking at that performance, I don't know if they could beat Tampa's second team. Wasn't that bad. They shouldn't be drawing with Hartford. Again, sir. Yes. 12th best team, sorry. Yes, but that doesn't mean they're crap. They would be 12th in the West. Hartford is basically a USL League One team. Like, they would be a mid-tier USL League One team, like a third or fourth seed. I think you'd be surprised. How many USL League One teams can compete in the championship? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, North Carolina would be better than Hartford. Um, 
Omaha would be better than Hartford. Like those two, I can guarantee you put those three teams on the pitch, Hartford's losing both of those. It just, oh, it's mind numbingly painful, Lou City. Like, Coach Cruz, get your your bleep together, get the dudes ready, and let's go out and win a dang game. Come on now, Coach. Come on. I think they'll be. They, it's going to be interesting, but I think Lou, Lou is uh, going to be in trouble. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I think they've got the best path possible. Pittsburgh did them a big favor by beating Tampa last week or last weekend. Um, if Tampa's coming up here, you know, blackout. So hopefully, we have a good crowd, right? Like this is a, the chance. Um, who does Memphis play? New Mexico. They play New Mexico, who still has a lot to play for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You know, New Mexico is in eighth, but they're only one point clear of Oakland, two points clear of uh, Monterey Bay, and somehow RGV is making a miraculous push here for the playoffs, and they're only three points back, or two points back. No, RG- if RGV wins... New Mexico is still in, even if they lose. Because of gold Unless they win by like a billion. They would have to... Well, no, they only have to win by five. Actually, they would have to win by six. Six, yeah, because it'd have to be even. And New Mexico would have to lose. Well, in that case, they technically can just win by three and have New Mexico lose by three. But now we're getting into like goal differentials. And the simplest thing is New Mexico needs to, to at least draw with Memphis, which that would unfortunately for Lou City uh, would lock them into fifth. Um, now, John, are all of these matches this weekend? No, they're, they're not, not all at the same time. Good God. They're all spread out because um, the championship is crazy. And there's also a lot of weird things. So you have... You've got Hartford and Tulsa on Friday the 13th at 6 o'clock Central. I'm assuming 7 o'clock Eastern. New Mexico and Memphis at 8 o'clock Central. Which means Blue City fans can watch that in peace. Yes. Watch it. And then... Take it in and then come into your game on Saturday. You have Detroit versus Pittsburgh, which has playoff impacts. Indeed, it does because Detroit uh, needs a victory. Yep, you have Charleston versus Birmingham, which Blue City should watch just in case. And then the other match is Indy versus San Antonio, which is happening an hour after Blue City kicks off. Right. So, and San Antonio is one <laughs> point clear of third place Orange County and fourth place San Diego, so they're. You know, in a second, but they could finish as low as fourth, so they need a good result. Um, Indy needs, um, they're in the playoffs, but you know, they could jump up to as high as what they got. They could jump up to fifth, so they can move up one spot with a victory. So it's going to be interesting. A little disappointed that it's not all at the same time, though. Uh, then the later matches on Saturday, Sacramento and Miami, Orlando and El Paso. Or I'm sorry, Oakland and El Paso, my apologies. Uh, Monterey Bay and Orange County, and then Las Vegas and San Diego closing out the night. So, Lou City fans, Friday night, you got to tune in, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, I'm assuming that game will be on ESPN+. Plus. Assumedly so. Yeah. So there's too much. It's college football time. I ain't going to put USL on ESPN2 or whatever it was. No. And I heard some some interesting conversations about that. Um, This this is probably something that we need to do a deeper dive on in the offseason or something like that. But 
um, John Skipper. He used to be in charge of ESPN. Now he's down in Miami with Dan Lebertard running Metal Arc Media. Um, he was on uh, a podcast, his weekly podcast with some other folks, and he was talking about um, when he was at ESPN, his whole thing was to get as much live broadcasting of sports on TV as they could. So if you think back several years on ESPN, you know, they would do uh, they would kick off the college basketball season with this 24 hours of constant games, one tipping after the other. You know, they would take advantage of a nine o'clock West Coast tip because what is that? Nine, eight, seven. No, I did the wrong way. Nine, 10, 11, 12. That's a midnight Eastern tip off. Then they would go to a game in Alaska. Then they'd go to a game in Hawaii, and then they'd come all the way back around at like six or seven in the morning and have a tip off on the East Coast, uh, and just keep rolling for like twenty four straight hours. Um, and that was his whole thing was to put as much live sports on TV as possible because that was what he thought gave ESPN the competitive advantage. One of the things that he did was sign this contract with the USL. Um, with that. I'm assuming it's coming closer to an end. It seems like it should be within the next couple of years. Again, needing to do a further deep dive on that. Um, I really wonder where these USL rights going to go. You know, uh, John Skipper no longer there. ESPN doesn't seem to care as much about having all live sports all the time. So I wonder, you know, does I think they would go Amazon CBS. come in there? No, I don't. God, not. no. I do I'd not rather do want Amazon. Amazon. I, no, I don't, I want, don't Amazon. want Paramount. Amazon can't handle Thursday night football as their one thing. ESPN doesn't care about the USL. <laughs> Amazon has one live sport, Thursday yes. night football. And don't they, they botch that too? all year long. I thought, no, I thought that's Apple TV. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'd be fine with Apple, but the thing is with CBS, is CBS has the like biggest uh, soccer only show, Goatso. True. And that they True. push and they push that. They do. I feel like if CBS has this, because Goatso does a little talk about the Premier League, but they don't focus on that, mm-hmm. partially because CBS doesn't own the Prem. Which I think is smart. I think that's ESPN, smart for them to do that. The ESPN typically talks about the Bundesliga or La Liga a lot. They don't well talk as... anything about soccer. Their main Have soccer show is ESPN on FC ESPN Plus. or Football America. I have watched Football America. I, I do watch that not every week, but I do tune in, I tip, especially. When I watch all that stuff. Golazzo talks about anything. Golazzo has had on their jersey days USL teams. Uh, like worn by the personalities. Now you give them the hmm. chance, even if you give make like a dedicated thirty minute show that you put in like the middle of the day at one o'clock when no one's watching. <laughs> hey, I would watch. I would watch too, but, that, but that's the thing. Like, well, actually, midday is starting to become a little popular. Like the mid afternoon. I don't know. I would have to see the ratings, but if you put that in like the middle of the day. Where it's not like prime time, yeah. Then I would take that over just having games on ESPN Plus, like that are just barely covered, and they would occasionally bring the ESPN two, yeah. And that's all you get. I, I, I honestly, and this pains me to say, because I love ESPN. Like I'm an ESPN diehard. Um. I would probably rather see them on CBS as much as I effing hate Paramount Plus. Like that should not exist. Why they shouldn't do you hate Paramount Plus because so it's another streaming service. Why do I got to pay for another one? Come on now. Like we all paying 40, 50 extra bucks a month. Paramount Plus is more than ESPN Plus. Not in sports. No shot. Champions League, Europa League, Syria. I'm talking soccer. Okay, I don't care. It's like you're I don't care. I don't watch. I don't care about the Australian Open or the Waste Management Open or all these random games. That's when I tune in ESPN Plus. Yes, they have the random college teams. 
And that's even, what I want. Like all of the I'm high okay. schools are Listen, too I'm small. okay. I'm okay with the ESPN Plus college feeds. They just yeah. need to get better ones because one time they were had like EKU on there, and whoever <laughs> was running the camera was literally shaking the camera. I was like, yeah. like, come on. There Maria was one, does better feeds than that. There was one over the weekend. Oh, who was it? It was either Bellarmine or Northern, and I can't remember who which one it was. But like the announcer sounded like this, like they were just talking like this in this little bitty box. And it was so annoying. And it was like so delayed. Like, oh, it was really bad. I, I think I it was Bellarmine. I don't understand the announcers talking like it's a golf game. Like, I almost thought it sounded like <laughs> they had just turned on a random microphone at some random studio. Uh, at ESPN or wherever, like it, it had nothing to do with the soccer game. Like I'm pretty sure they were talking about basketball at one point. I was like, "Huh? What?" And that's all I'm saying. ESPN being on ESPN, ESPN's one dedicated so- two. They have two dedicated soccer shows, ESPN FC and Football America. They are both only thirty minutes. Yep. Yep. So there's no room to put the USL. Golazzo has gone on for hours when they're covering the World Cup, when they've been covering mm-hmm. the Champions League and stuff like that. They have their own like two-hour segment. Yeah. ESPN does not care about soccer. We've seen that where they let MLS walk and even tried to secure like occasional broadcast rights, like yeah. Fox did. Yeah, ESPN is slowly dying in front of us. And it, it pains me to see that, right? Like I like that's, ESPN, that's but ESPN's problem was they tried to get too many live sports. You didn't go to ESPN for live sports. You went to ESPN for sports coverage. Right. And, and now, now they're so far behind. Is. Yeah. All like, it is have is live event. sports that they don't know how to cover it well. Right. Well, thanks, John Skipper. Uh, best of luck with Metalark. If you're looking for a soccer show based in Kentucky, hey, hey, John Skipper, hey, uh, Dan Levitard, what's up? Uh, hashtag sellout. Uh, <laughs> uh, they actually have a soccer show. Um, I've watched it once or twice. It was pretty good. Um, I can't remember Every what it's called. Every smart but... sports company is covering soccer in some way. Right. In some way, shape, form, or fashion. But yeah, honestly, I would rather see Peacock get uh the usl rather than um than paramount just because i, I like okay the with peacock my only issue with peacock is it's really hard to navigate at times i understand that i, I get that it, it is kind of challenging at times but to me that i would like you know, to have it on Peacock because then you get WWE, you get soccer, you get the Prem. Like, it's all one nice little place. So, John, uh, as we have veered way off course here, uh, final thoughts on Louisville and what they need to do. Well, we'll break it down uh, on Wednesday, but final thoughts from the match from this past weekend. They. There's really no thoughts from the match. That's what they yeah. need to do to coming into this weekend. And that's they have to capture magic in a bottle because their form of late does not show that they're going to do what they need to do. Nope. And I unfortunately agree with you. I think it's better luck catching uh, lightning in the bottle than anything else. Um, overall, for me, it was a bitterly disappointing result uh, for Lou City as they had control of their destiny, and now it's out of their hands. So, but John, with all of that out of the way, we're going to conclude today's episode of the Bluegrass Soccer Cast. If you enjoyed the show and you want to continue to support uh, John and I and all the work that we do, we have a biased coffee account. QR code is right over my shoulder right there, um, but we'll also pull it up on the screen here. Uh, we appreciate any and all donations. Um, everything goes to supporting the show. You know the deal. All of our content will always be free. Um, but we appreciate the uh, the extra little boost. Um, while you're on 
uh, our page here. Make sure that you are following us in, on all of our social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. All of those handles are at BG Soccer Cast. Um, while you're on uh, this platform, whatever you know, you're on YouTube, Twitter, wherever, uh, make sure you give our podcast a listen on all your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify, Google, YouTube, and so many more. Apple, iHeartRadio, all of them. Um, and make sure that when you're on those sites, you're following us, you're subscribing, you're clicking the bell, you're sharing <coughs> it, just because it's all in an effort to help grow the show um, to be as big as it can be. But with all that out of the way, I'm Jimmy, that's John, and we will see you on the next one.